All right. Hey, everybody, let's get back to our seats this morning as we transition and get into the Word of God today. We're in for a real treat. Uh, I'm not preaching, so you're in a really good, you're getting for a real good treat today. So, <laughs> um, like to introduce our guests to you this morning. Uh, he's no stranger uh, to the, our to our church, uh, Pastor Rick Bennett. He uh, he and his wife Susan uh, they pioneered a ministry in our ministries, I should say, in the greater Metro Phoenix area in Arizona, uh, going on about 14 years ago. From moved from Memphis there. And, um, but what I want to say on a personal note is, uh, this week, 22 years ago, uh, I stepped into full-time ministry. It's 22 years ago this week. Uh, I was Pastor Rick's associate youth pastor, uh, when I first started out as an intern prior. Uh, so be careful interns, you know, how they can, they'll lead you to a good spot, okay? So, uh, if you're faithful, so stick with it. And, uh, but... Uh, 22 years ago this week, and I uh, can't. I was thinking about that this week, and just uh, kind of overwhelmed uh, by over 22 years how the Lord has always stuck by me and been with me, and how He has used others to just be a source of strength and encouragement. Pastor Rick and his wife have poured into my life, have been there to support me, been there to believe in me, uh, gave me my first chance, first opportunity to to really preach and teach and 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 develop as a leader, as a mentor in my life, and as I've gotten a little older, a friend, a very good friend uh, to me, and uh, he serves, he and his wife serve as uh, one of our outside elders of our church, uh, and uh, so we try to have them here at least once, if not twice a year, and, uh, and this is the first of this year, so uh, we'll see how the calendar looks out for the, for the rest of the year, but we're so thankful that uh, he's here. He's been on a, about a 10-day tri- travel trip been all the way to Florida and back to, through Alabama, back here. Be heading out home, uh, I think, tomorrow, Tuesday. But anyway, um, we're in for a treat. Uh, great teacher of the word, great, great uh, speaks prophetically into our church, and I'm looking forward to what the Lord has laid on his heart for our church here today. At the end of service, I will go ahead and mention this. They have uh, handcrafted uh, Native American jewelry, uh, because one of the ministries that they pioneer and work with is Outpost of Freedom Missions to the Navajo and the Apache Indian Reservation, and uh, and they have uh, brought with us, uh, brought with them some handcrafted, uh, handmade jewelry that they sell. It just goes back into the missions ministry itself, and uh, and so it is Valentine's week, so it's a great week uh, to sell that table. And so uh, pick, pick you out some things, and, and, and you can purchase at the end of, of our service today. But without further ado, will you help me give a very warm, hospitable welcome to Pastor Rick Bennett. And um, my hair was darker 22 years ago, kind of. <laughs> and I think I was smaller, but uh, we won't go there, right? Hallelujah. Good to see all of you. And um, yeah, I've gone some dramatic. Uh, the other day when I was driving back from Florida, um, by the way, the intern's name, his name is Angel. Wave Angel. And he'll be helping you back at the table. And um, he joined me on this trip. Susan sends her love and blessings. She is, um, um, has, has a commitment right now where she can't leave Phoenix because of a commitment to be a caregiver for someone. And so... Uh, um, that, that will be changing soon, and I hope and believe that the next time we, 
journey out this way, she'll be with us. So she certainly doesn't like to miss these trips. Anyway, we were in Florida. We got out of the rest area, and it was 82 degrees. And then when I got into North Mississippi on the other night, it was 42 in a period of just a, you know, eight or ten hour drive. Quite a dramatic change when we got out of that rest area. And, uh, but I can still breathe, and that's amazing. To even come to the Memphis area in, in West Tennessee and still be able to breathe, God is good. Um, I want to go on and get into the Word. I got a Word for you. Ready to receive? Amen. Let's get into the Word together. I, I would like you, if you would, to turn with me. I'm going to use the New King James this morning. Yeah, I'd like you to turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42 and verse number 3. Isaiah 42 and verse number 3. And if I, yeah, I'm not one that is real good at giving titles to my messages necessarily, but I did. the Lord did give me this word, and I preached it before, but I, the Lord told me to preach it here on this, on this trip. I haven't preached it. Um, and, and I heard the Lord tell me to preach it here, and it's about having great expectations. Okay? Great, everybody say that with me. Great expectations, okay? Now, let's go to Isaiah 42, verse number 3. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth. Everybody say justice in the earth, and the coastlands will wait for his law. Now, that, always remember this. When you see the word wait, 90% of the time in the Scriptures, it means to wait with expectancy. I mean, you know, we, we don't like to wait. We're Americans. Right? We don't like to wait at the drive through We don't like to wait at the bank. We don't like to wait. But there's a waiting upon the Lord that's waiting with expectancy. It's not, you know, waiting upon the Lord is not sitting in your recliner scrolling Facebook. Are you with me? Or tapping your toes and looking at your watch and like, what's taking so long? That's not waiting properly. But it's to wait with expectancy upon the Lord. But a lot of times it's hard to do that if you don't have hope. And can I tell you today, I want to start today saying this. Our God does not break off bruised reeds. And our God does not quench a wick that is just smoldering. I should have gotten some hallelujahs and amens on that one. Because I'm telling you, a lot of people think that's what he does. Like if you're not measuring up and you're not bringing it, so to speak, that God's just going to come in and just wait, I'm done with you. But God always moves in our lives for redemptive purposes. How many of you glad for that? It's always about redemptive purposes. So today's message is a challenge for all of us, but it's also a challenge for redemption and the purposes of God. Because I'll tell you, belong everything else, the Lord is not coming until His glory is shining through His church. Amen? Jesus even prayed this. He said, the glory thou hast given me, Father, I have given to them. The glory of God. And God wants us to shine. And God, how many know God wants new life to shine in this community and beyond? Amen? And he wants your lives to shine also. So no matter what's going on right now, no matter what's going on or not going on in your life, I want to encourage you, let's watch and wait with expectancy for what the Lord intends to do. And understand his heart as we move forward. The Spirit spoke to me. He said, tell my people to get their hopes up. Because if you don't get your hopes up, you can't go into faith. Because if you have no hope, you can't have faith. How many know that's true? He wants us to believe him. And I hear the Lord saying there's a level of our faith that he wants us to go to. It's not about the size of your faith. It's about what you're believing for. And a lot of times we don't believe for much because we don't expect much. And it's tied. You'll understand in the scriptures that hope and expectancy and faith, they're intertwined. You can't have one without the other. And God's wanting us to be a people of faith in those definitely. How many know the faith that pleases God is not just a faith that believes he is God. You know the scripture. But that he is a rewarder, say rewarder, of those who diligently seek after him. 
That's the faith that pleases God. We also know that with God, nothing is impossible, correct? Y'all talk to me. Amen. Nothing is impossible with God. And yet the scripture also says all things are possible to he who believes God. So it's one thing to know he's a God of making the impossible possible. But you've got to believe that to see that manifested into your life. Amen. And if you get into a place of hopelessness, you won't believe God for anything. And we've all been there and we all struggle with that spirit of hopelessness that tries to come in for different reasons. I'll talk more about that in a moment. But you know the scripture that best defines faith in the Bible. Hebrews 11.1, 1, you know it. Now faith, everybody say now faith, is the substance of things hoped for. You get that? And the evidence of things that are not seen. So if you're not hoping for anything, we're asking people to be in faith, brother. And, but if you're not hoping for anything, you can't even activate your faith for it. And we need to see hope restored. And I hope this will bless you today. (laughs) I hope that you'll be blessed with the message of hope today. How about that? We need to have great expectations. Peter tells us his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Through the precious and magnificent promises of God, we are able to be partakers of the divine nature of God. I don't know, and when I think about that verse, and how many have heard that passage? In Second Peter, but what I love about it, I feel like if, if we really believe God is faithful to his promises, should we not by these promises be living with great hope and faith? I mean, if we believe his word and what he says about his word. Let's look at what he says. Everybody say this with me. God is faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, God is faithful. Hallelujah. Now look with me at Second Corinthians 1, verse number 18. I'm going to share a lot of verses with you today that you know. But sometimes we need to hear them again, amen, because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. Hallelujah. You need to keep hearing the Word of God. And sometimes you can't always be here on a Sunday to be preached to, but you can always get the Word of God in your mouth, and your spirit man will hear the Word of God, and he will come to faith. Second Peter 1, verse 18. I'm sorry, Second Corinthians 1, verse number 18. But as God is faithful, say that with me, he's faithful. Our word to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Sylvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him is yes. Hallelujah. For all the promises of God in him are yes. How many of you are in him? So what is the promise of God to you? It's yes. God is not moody. Like one day it's no, one day it's yes, one day it's maybe. Right? Grovel at my feet a while, child of God. No. It's always yes to us. Hallelujah. Do y'all see that? If you're in Christ, it's yes. And in him, we're to give our amen. That's our agreement. That's my so be it to the word of God in my life. Amen? You know what an amen is? It's not a religious response that I try to get out of you to make me feel better about what I'm preaching. Amen? (laughs) But it's a response. You're literally saying, so be it. Amen? Amen? So be it unto me. I'll have some of that. I believe that. And me and my family, me and my house, we'll, we'll agree with that. Amen? And I love the end of that verse. To the glory of God, say it, through us. We, we, I want his glory. I want to experience his glory, prayer, worship, all those things. But he wants to show his glory through us. Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you and upon me. Hallelujah. Some of you need to smile at me. You're making me nervous. This is a good word. Amen. The glory of God to shine through our lives. But some people have lost even hope of what that even looks like. 
And I've been ministering to the church a long time. And there's times I could look back at history and look back at disappointments and look back at frustrations and think it's never going to happen. But I believe God's word. And I have great hope for the church. Are you all with me? And I came to restore hope today. The Bible says it clearly. What does it say? Jesus said the thief has come. And he, he described his M.O. to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He also described him as a liar, the father of lies. Amen? I'm not here to glorify the devil. But that's who he is. He's the accuser of the brethren who accuses us before the Father day and night. Amen? But he said, but I have come. Come on now. I have come to give you life and to give that life to you in abundance. Literally meaning to overflow out of your life. How many want an overflow of life? Not just a little taste of life. It would be like going to a beautiful buffet and just tasting something and walking away. And many people do that with the glorious, we, somebody mentioned that in worship today. Even in the presence of your enemy, the Lord will prepare a table for you. He's never intimidated by your enemy. Because your enemy is his enemy. And he will, he, I think lo, the Lord loves to set up a banquet in front of the devil. I really think he does. But a lot of times we've lost hope that that banquet table's even there. And God's called us to live differently. Amen. All through the word of God, we see the Lord challenging those who believed in him. To greater expectations. It's, let me put it to you this way. I feel like when I read the scriptures and I open my heart to the promises and I just said, Holy Spirit, speak to me these promises anew. Because I know many of them. I can quote them and I can have people quote them back to me. But how I many you know we need to walk in the reality of that promise? Not just be a people of religious rote. But be a people that it's a, it's a reality in our lives. And can I tell you today, what God does with his promises, he raises the bar. How many, are you, how many are you glad he raises the bar? There, there's a Christianity. There's a walk with Christ. There's a glory. And God always uses these terms. Jesus used them. The apostles used them in the promises of the new covenant. They were always the promise of greater and mightier. Which means the Lord said, I'm trying to get you to lift your eyes up higher than what you're seeing right now. Amen. How many of you believe there's a great harvest in the Jackson area? Seriously, a great harvest. Well, what did Jesus say to his disciples? Lift up your eyes. In other words, you guys have got low expectations. There is a fabulous harvest here, and you need to see it in order to go get it. Amen? And that's, I believe, what God's challenging us in every community. And that's what he said regarding the harvest. How about regarding his glory? Now, we know the glory is what transforms us, but the Lord said in his word that we would go from glory to glory. The Amplified says, from one degree of glory to another. I mean, you know, our experiences with the glory of God should be greater and greater. Again, he raises the bar. Hallelujah. I love to talk about what God did, but we ought to be talking about what he's doing and not just living in the past. Come on, everybody. Talking about that revival in 1999. Amen. I I was merciful by not going way too far back with the dates. But anyway. We're to go from what? Strength to strength. From faith to faith. The implication in every one of those passages is greater and bigger than before. Amen? We're not, we're not, we're not moving parallel. We're, we're going up in, with God. Amen? We're not on the same plane. He said to Nathaniel, Nathaniel, only because Jesus had a word of knowledge and said, I saw you under the fig tree. Only because he said that, Nathaniel believed. And Jesus was even amazed that he said, because I said I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? You will see greater things than these. And you talk about raising the bar. You ready for this? You know what he said to him? You shall see the heavens open and the angels of the Most High ascending and descending on the Son of Man. How many know he raised the bar? 
to, uh, what worship and, and seeking God was all about and what God wants us to experience and know. I'm telling you, those times are coming to the church again. I believe with all of my heart. Say amen if you believe me. Come on. Say me amen if you believe God. You don't have to believe me. Just believe God. Amen. Hallelujah. Regarding prophecy, it's not just a few that will prophesy. All shall prophesy. Our sons and our daughters shall prophesy. I mean, no, we need to get greater expectations. Amen. Of what we see God doing. And regarding the Holy Spirit, another thing about Revelation, he said, things which your eyes have not seen. How many of you like to rewatch a good movie? Okay, a lot of you don't. I don't either. It's got to be really good. I'm just telling you. Because I want something else to fascinate me. I really don't, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark don't do it for me anymore. (laughs) Now somebody just went, what? (laughs) To you it's a new movie. Go watch it. (laughs) But I'm just saying God is wanting us to see those things our eyes have not seen, that our ears have not heard, things we never even entered into our heart, all that God has prepared for those who love him. He's raising the bar. Amen? Amen? And he also said this. He said, regarding the Holy Spirit, I love this one. He said, if you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, I love that, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I'm telling you, I believe there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit unlike anything we've ever known. And I am baptized with the Holy Spirit. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, I believe there's some saturation points and, and encounters with the Holy Spirit of God that we're going to go back and go, I don't even know if I was saved back then because of what God wants to do. Are you with me? It, it says in James, and I don't have the passage. I did not give the passage to the um, audio uh, crew. But it says, do you think the Scripture speaks in vain? The Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. You know, the Spirit of God, He's yearning in our lives to be more understood and accepted and lived with because we can grieve Him and quench Him if we don't understand that. There's this yearning, and the Spirit of God has been placed within us. Hallelujah. To have that impact upon our The Passion Translation says it this way. The Spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. Is that not powerful? He is a jealous lover. Did you know God's jealous? He purchased you and me with, all, with the blood of Jesus. Amen? And he, he's longing that his spirit would have free reign in our lives. Most of us attend a church like this because we want to be in a spirit-filled environment. Right? Hello? That's why we come to a church like this. We want, we want there to be the freeness and fullness of the spirit. And I want to tell you today, I, I want to encourage you to long for more from God. Some of those same believers that were, were, were filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, just two chapters later in chapter 4, they're having a prayer meeting crying out to God, and the whole building shakes that they were in. So don't tell me there's not a greater level of what God wants to do. Amen? And you see that all through the Word of God and what the Lord wants to do and how He increases the anointing and He increases the experience that He has for us. His promises are true and they are faithful. But I want to tell you again, you can have no faith without hope. See, hope needs to be restored so that we can go in places in faith that the Lord would have us to go. There's a verse I want to take you to, and it's in Jeremiah 33, if you want to turn there with me. Jeremiah 33. And in this verse, most of us know verse 3 because you've you've heard this before. Call to me, and I will answer you, right? And show you great and mighty things you do not know. Well, we're doing ourselves a disservice if we don't read the two verses before it. 
So let's look at it. Jeremiah 33 and verse number 1. Let's start there. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still, make note of this, shut up in the court of the prison. Uh, One translation says confined in the court of the guard. This man was imprisoned and confined, okay? Don't forget that when you read the rest of it. And here's the word. Thus says the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name call to me and i will answer you and show you what does it say great and mighty you could say greater greater and mightier things which you do not know how many know he's got more than we know hallelujah everybody look at me you don't know it all i don't know it all we haven't seen it all And even, here's where the enemy would come in and try to say, because you're in a place of confinement, because you're in a place that you wouldn't consider to be a good place or a fruitful place, you would think, well, I've got to get fixed before I could call upon the Lord in that way. And the Lord says, no, from your prison, call unto me and watch what I will show you. Amen? Don't let the enemy, don't let the enemy lie to you because you're in a situation that will be considered a day of trouble or a time of trouble or a difficulty. Because I'm telling you, you could cry out just as Jeremiah did from a prison And God will answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on now. No matter how, what confines you, you can raise your expectancy even from that place. And believe God for greater, greater, and I don't know why I keep saying greater, but I guess it's a new uh, uh, tongue, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, go meet Ephesians chapter 3, another familiar verse. I know all of these are familiar to you. uh, I'm stirring you up like Peter said by way of reminder. We need to get stirred up, right? Ephesians 3.20, look what it says. Now to him who's able, say he's able, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. How many of that's raising the bar? Are you with me? There's nothing you would ask of God that would make him go, ooh. Rick, that's a little much. I mean, after all, you think I'm God? I mean, that's not how he's going to respond to you. Are you with me? Exceedingly abundantly above all that we what ask or think that word for think is the word to imagine okay to dream and imagine according to the power that works within us how many know what that power is it's the resurrection power amen hallelujah to him be the glory where y'all read it to me is it on the wall is it on the screen where in the church by christ jesus to all generations, I guess that would include ours, amen? And you might say, well, the time ran out. No, the time didn't run out either. Forever and ever, say it, amen. Hallelujah. Let's be honest. Sometimes we limit God with our small thinking and dreaming and our small asking. Hallelujah. Scripture tells us to not fall short of any promise of God that we've not yet obtained and that we not to be sluggish in our faith, but to be imitators of those who through faith and patience, endurance, inherit the promises of God. Hallelujah. That's the standard that we are to live by. We're to be children of Abraham. He is the father of our faith. And we're to walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the natural, I want to walk by sight on everything. But to walk by faith is really the life God's called us to walk. And this is why we have to honor and hold fast to the testimony of Jesus. Because the testimony of Jesus, the angel said to John in Revelation, is the spirit of prophecy. Amen? 
And the meaning of testimony in the Hebrew is what God has done, he intends to do again because he's unchanging. You, you, you understand that? Uh, so if, 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 if I have a testimony of God's power in this situation and we celebrate that testimony, then what the Lord say, it's a prophetic word to any man or woman of faith who will say, I'll have some of that in my life. Are you with me? And, but, but if you don't have hope, you can't even go there. If anything, without hope, you'll become jealous of somebody that's been blessed, somebody that's been healed, somebody that's had a breakthrough. Amen? And so you start to understand how this works, and you begin to realize, I've just, we got to get our hopes back. we got to get our hopes up and get our expectations on a higher level. It's easy to become just a people of habit and rote, and we just kind of go through the motions. And I do it as easy as any of you do. Your leaders do it. But I'm telling you, we have to live with a higher expectancy. Because God has great plans for this generation. I said God has great plans for this generation. And I believe that with all of my heart. Hallelujah. When we lose hope, you come double-minded. Because it's like in, in your spirit, man, you know what God has promised. But on the other side of the coin, you're double-minded. You don't really believe or expect it. And you kind of get to that place where you have not because you ask not. Because you don't ask because you don't have hope. And you'll see those verses are intertwined in the Bible. And it, and it helps us to understand that God wants us to have hope. He wants us to believe. He wants us to expect great things. But let me t- say this to you. You and I need to know how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And strengthen ourselves in the Lord most definitely. But can I tell you, we also need to be really, really good at encouraging others. Amen? How many of you have ever been really, really down and an anointed brother or sister spoke to you and they raised your hopes? Amen? We, that's why we gather together. That's why we go to connect groups and life groups, whatever they're called. And, 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 we, and we, we join together. That's why we have fellowship with one another because we need to get our hopes lifted up. So I want to encourage you, even if you're feeling hopeless about something, come with the determination, I am going to be a hope giver, an encourager, not a discourager. I want to impart courage to someone to believe God, not take it away from them. Amen? And if you live that way, I'll tell you what, it, it just brings, it brings an energy into our gatherings. Of an expectancy of the goodness of God. And the next thing you know, you're not even thinking about your trial, your tribulation. And then someone, God will use somebody else in your life. I, tell you, I believe that's what he really wants from us. When we gather together as the body of Christ, joined together to one another. So I encourage you in that. We need to get back in this day and age, in this generation, to making our time together as the highest of commitment in our lives. Outside of our secret place of prayer. Amen. The time we spend together before the Lord. It's not just something you just need to do. It's something you must do in this hour if we're going to have hope. You know, if somebody doesn't have hope, they'll say it like this. I, well, you know, brother, I just don't see it. Right? I just can't see that. And how many you know when somebody says that to you after you just tried to encourage them? That's difficult. You kind of have to work through that and maybe give it another, give it another go. But I'm telling you, it's really true. They just don't see it. You could get a powerful prophetic word. If you don't see it, it, don't stone the prophet. We got a receiver problem. The prophet of God may be as accurate as an NFL quarterback, but you got to catch it. You got to take hold of it and carry it. Amen? Y'all okay? Just not trying to make you mad, just trying to stir you. Amen? There's a, there's a quote that people have heard, and they kind of giggle at it, and they think, well, that's cute. You may have heard it before. I'll, I'll read it to you. It's said a lot among people that are, I would call the grand pessimist of our age. Are you ready? Blessed is he who expects nothing, for he shall never be disappointed. Did y'all get it? 
How I many you know a lot of Christians live that way? If I don't lay it out there, at least I won't be disappointed. Hello? Let's don't back down on the vision of this house. Let's don't back down on the vision of harvest. Let's don't back down on the vision of what God wants to do through this ministry and this church and in this community. Amen? Don't back down on what you guys have showed you before. Believe God. Amen? Because if you start expecting, surely nothing will happen. What do they say? If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it. <laughs> Amen? And part of this hope and expectancy is your aim and faith and what God's called you to do. Believers shouldn't be living that way, what I just quoted. We all know Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified. Can you say it with me? With Christ, it is no longer I who live. Come on, talk to me. But Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I've been really meditating on that a lot lately about the faith of the Son of God. Because I I, I talk about my faith. But did you know that when I died and I was born again, Jesus is wanting his faith to work through us. The Bible says he gives to each of us a measure of faith. Well, where did it come from? It's the faith of the Son of God. i got to be careful because that's a whole other sermon God's working out in me. I'm telling you, it's all through the Scriptures. You start to read it and go, and, and Paul probably mentioned it more than any of the apostles. The faith of the Son of God. And it almost takes the pressure off. God just saying, just lift up your expectancies and believe God. Amen? I believe Jesus gets what he wants. Hello? In fact, the the old King James says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Paul wrote, we have the same spirit, the spirit of faith. Therefore we believe, therefore we speak. So it just speaks of that. But anyway, I'll let Pastor straighten all that out later. But um. I want to give you quick three examples of the power of uh, encouragement and building up expectation. You know these stories, so let me just share them with you. Number one, it's the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda. Y'all remember that? How many years did he lay there? 38. Everybody say 38. And what was he waiting on? He was laying on a pallet. He couldn't walk, obviously. So somebody brought him to that pool every day. And he laid there, and he was waiting. You remember for the stirring of the waters, for an angel would come down at different times and stir the waters. Here's the thing. It was like being at the casino. You had to get in first. Well, I got news for you. If you're lame and laying on a pallet, there's a good chance you're not going to get in first. And guess what? He didn't. But Jesus comes on the scene, and he asks this question. Are you ready for this? It's quite provocative, really. He says, do you wish to get well? One translation said, do you really want to get well? And you know what his answer was? He didn't really answer the question. He just said, well, every time the waters are stirred, I can't get in there in time if somebody goes in before me. How I many you know, when we quit believing God and we've lost our hope, we start making excuses. Are you with we, Come on, my hands up. We start making excuses why we're not pressing into what God's doing. And this part is amazing. You know what Jesus said next? You need to go to a good faith Bible college for three and a half years. No. He said, rise up, take up your pallet, and walk. And the guy did. All Jesus did was encourage him to believe God again. I mean, there's a lot of people in the church that need to be encouraged again. Their situation, their pallet, they're just laying on it. And it's become the crutch, so to speak, of why we don't go forward. And I love it. He said, also, take that pallet up. Don't leave it here. (laughs) It'll become your testimony, amen, of the goodness of God. Another example that y'all know well is found in... um, 
the beginning of the book of Acts when uh, Peter goes by the man at the gate beautiful. You remember that story? Peter and John are walking by there, and the, and the man at the gate, is uh, he, he had been there since his mother's womb. He had never walked, and he always was begging alms. Remember that? He was, asked, he was wanting silver and gold. He's, he, basically, it would be like saying, he's there with his cardboard sign. He said, you got any change? And that was this guy's life. That's all he had ever known. He had never walked. Think about that. And so Peter's going by there, and we know this story. He saw Peter and John, and he asked to receive alms like he would anybody else. So let me say this to you. He had some expectancy. Did he? Did he not? He had some expectancy that maybe these guys will be generous and bless me with silver and gold. But we know the story, don't you? It said, Peter said, look at us. And he gave, and I love this. It says he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But I would, I would say this. I don't think he was expecting to receive healing. I believe he just looked at him thinking, this guy's getting ready to throw me a bone. Right? And in, in that moment, y'all know the classic line, silver, come on, and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, rise up and walk. And before the guy could do anything, Peter grabs him by the hand and pulls him up. And we know the story. He went walking and leaping and praising. It was a triple miracle. Not only did he get his strength back to stand up, he learned how to walk and leap and run and go into the temple all in one swoop. Amen? What an amazing story and what an amazing example of what happens. But again, just believe God. Amen? I want to believe God like that again. Anybody with me? Just the faith of a child. Okay, I'll believe it. And we begin to walk, but we got to have hope. The third example that you also know well is the woman with the issue of blood. You remember that story? Twelve years bleeding, hemorrhaging. Probably deeply anemic and weak. And the Bible says she had spent everything she had on doctors. So she's broke and sick and probably near death. But she heard about Jesus. Y'all with me? She heard about Jesus. And she said to herself, y'all know what she said? If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And pressing through the crowd, she did. And Jesus stopped the whole procession to honor this woman who touched him in faith. Because nobody else was touching him in faith but her. And his own disciples said, who do you mean who touches you? My point in that, that's the way, as we mature in Christ, that's the way we ought to be living. A situation arises, we ought to take him at his word and press into it and get it. Amen? Amen? We shouldn't have to wait for the stirring of the waters to receive what God has for us. This is the way we should live. His yeses to us are still yes. And we need to give our amen and agree with the word of God and live in the faith that he's called us to live. You got to, let me say this about your disappointments and frustrations, and we all have them. If you don't let them go, they will hinder you and even hurt you. Amen? If you don't let them go, they become a, not only a crutch, but they become a hindrance to moving forward in God. In Jesus, he always leads us into triumph, and we should expect triumph. We should also expect abundant life, not just a little bit of life, but an abundant life in Christ. Now, you may feel today like a bruised reed. You may feel like life has battered you. You may feel like a dimly smoldering wick. You know, like, well, I had a fire at one time, but it's about to go out. But I want to say to you again, God is not going to come break you off or quench you. He's come to restore you. Amen? He's come to restore your faith. He's come to restore and lift up your hopes and your expectations. Amen? And get you back to the place 
that he's called us all to be. Now, I'm not accusing any of you of being a bunch of bruised reeds, but we all go through life, and there's times we have all could identify with that prophetic analogy of what life does to us. Here's the thing. The Bible says hope deferred. There you go. Y'all know it. Makes the heart sick. You know what the rest of the verse says? A desire fulfilled is the tree of life. You see how critical this is? If we keep living constantly in hope deferred, we get heart sick. It's like a spiritual cancer. But when we start seeing desires fulfilled, and I'm smiling because I believe in this. When desires start to be fulfilled, that actually becomes the tree of life to you. He never intended for us to live a life where we never can receive anything or ever step into anything greater and mightier. That's never, it's just not the heart of the Lord. His kingdom, we were at Christmas, you know, the verse about Jesus in Isaiah. The the, the expanse and increase of his government and kingdom shall never come to an end. Our God is a God of increase. Our God is a God of the greater and the mightier. Amen? And so that's what he's called us to believe. I love what it says in Isaiah 54. Shout for joy, O barren woman. Notice that. While you're barren, shout for joy. Break forth with joyful shouting because the sons, the spiritual sons and daughters are going to outnumber the natural birth rate. But in your barrenness, you've got to be willing to shout for joy and believe God. Amen. Our spiritual sons and daughters are coming in Jesus' name. You've got to hope for that and believe for that according to what God has for us. Then he said, so enlarge the place of your tent and stretch out your cords and strengthen your stakes. Amen. How many know you can't do that if you have no hope? Because that requires you to be diligent and put your faith into action. But you have to have the hope that it's the reality. Here's the best part. You shall spread abroad to the right and to the left. And our descendants, get this, will inherit nations and resettle desolate cities. Hallelujah. It goes on to say you will not be put to shame for your husband is your maker. Hallelujah. Say I am fruitful. Say I am fruitful. Say I am fruitful. As a child of God, I am fruitful in the Lord. And that's what he has for us. So let's allow him to do that. But you know what? If you're going to be enlarged, it's got to start here. It's not about just go get a bigger building. It's about being enlarged here. Amen? And to begin to stretch out with our lives. But you got to be intentional to take off the limiters. The frustrations, the disappointments, the failures, right? You've got to take those off in order to be enlarged. Because those become the limiters. They keep us from asking and thinking big and trusting God for great things. I believe the Son of God in His faith will come in a spirit of faith and enlarge our hearts. It will open our hearts up and get our hope back and believe what the Lord intends to do. Probably one of the toughest things for me to believe for over the years because of being in the ministry, just to be honest, and seeing the comings and goings of good things and bad things is the fact that when He comes, the church will be glorious Without spot or wrinkle. Think about that. Relax, Jeremy. I'm not going to point out your shirt. But how many of you know, you kind of, how will that ever happen? Well, I got news for you. It won't happen if we don't hope for it and believe for it. But it's not going to be in our might and our power. It's going to be by the Spirit of God. Amen? His bride will be ready when he comes. And so that ought to be what we put our faith behind. And that we would be ready on our part and watch what the Spirit of God does throughout the body of Christ, throughout the world. It's going to be an exciting time. It's an exciting time to be alive. Come on, guys. It's an exciting time to be alive on the planet. 
and know what God's coming. The best is always yet to come. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn growing brighter and brighter until the noonday glory. And I believe the latter-day glory will be greater. It will make the book of Acts pale in comparison to what God intends to do. Hallelujah. And if that's not going to happen, I'll just go be with Jesus. But God is, that's why that cloud of witnesses is cheering us on. Amen. To what God wants to do. Now remember this, this next passage I want to share. If you want to turn with me to Genesis 18. I'm sorry, 13. This next passage, I want you to remember this. When you got saved, were you forgiven of all your sins? Talk to me. Were you born again? Were you uh, cleansed? Right? Did you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Okay. What else happened? You were blessed with the blessing of Abraham. And Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. I mean, you know, if you don't have any hope, you don't believe you have anything to give. And I can always tell, because they, they don't understand the power of the blessing. I'm, I've been studying that lately. I've been, it's even a, one of the course lines that I'm taking with, with uh, the in, my intern, the intern, <laughs> my intern angel. But it's that, that there's a blessing that you see all through the Word of God. And some guys have taught on it. I've been really studying it out. But it's the blessing of Abraham. The reason it's given Abraham's name, because it's the law of first mention. So throughout the scripture, we see this blessing. That the blessing of Abraham will bless. If I can always tell. Let me give you an example. I've heard people say, well, brother, I just want to be blessed enough to pay my bills and meet my commitments. Can I tell you? Hear my heart. Because I used to say it. That's selfish. Because I only want to be blessed enough to take care of me and my own. But no, you should want to be blessed enough to where you can be a blessing to others. Amen? And that's not just finances, but it's in any area of life. How about be so blessed with a strong anointing that you've always got something to give to somebody else? Amen? The anointing of God and the power of God. How about to be so blessed with the love of God that love just oozes out of your pores? The agape love just oozes out of your pores because you're so blessed with the blessing of Abraham. Are you with me? So with that in mind, I want you to look at this verse. Very important. I promise we are circling the runway, kind of. Genesis 13, verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. By the way, there's a whole message there. But sometimes you have to separate from certain people to get to the place God's called you to be. So don't, you know, don't, don't sweat it when that happens, okay? Somebody needed to hear that, okay? Lift your eyes now. Everybody say now. And look, say look. How I many know it's one thing to see, but you can't see if you don't look. If you don't have hope, will you look? You won't look, right? But if you have hope, you're looking with the eyes of faith. Are you with me? Lift up your eyes now and look. Here's the very important from the place where you are. New life, I challenge you. Right now, where you are, lift up your eyes and look. Amen. Don't, don't look at where you think we're going to be or what's next for the church. But can you look from where you are right now? You, your family, your marriage, your children, this church. Can you look from where you are and see what it is the Lord's showing you? Are y'all receiving this? From the place where you are. Look what he says. Northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see. What does it say? Talk to me. I give to you and your descendants forever. 
And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. Arise. Everybody say arise. Walk in the land. Walk in the land through its length and its width for I give it to you. Isn't that powerful? Think about it. Everybody hear me. That blessing is on you and me. That blessing, that ability, even in a place of confinement, in a place where we don't see any fruitfulness, we could call it a place of barrenness. God's saying, look from where you are and start to look and start to see. And what you see, I'm giving it to you. Amen? Hallelujah. God's wanting to open our eyes to that. The Lord told basically Abraham, if, you, if I could get you to see it, it's yours. And that's how it works by faith. Let me ask you this question. What are you seeing from where you are? What are you seeing from where you are now? Because he's asking us to see from where we currently are. But you can't see if you're not willing to look and trust God. And the people who have no hope, they won't look. So I'm going to pray for you today that that will be reversed in all of our hearts. That we'll be a group of lookers. Amen? Not in the other vernacular, but that too if you need need that. But you may, let me just say it again. You may be in a confined place like Jeremiah. You may be in a desolate place. You may be in a barren place. You may be in a place that's difficult. A time of trouble. Call upon the Lord. Begin to look and trust God. One of the verses that I want to show with you before we pray is found in 1 Chronicles 4. Y'all know this story. It's just a couple of verses. We'll put it up on the screen for you. 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9. If you read Chronicles here, it's just a chronological order. And it's just going on and on about who beget who, who beget who. And it's not really inspiring reading. Until you get to verse 9. About this unusual man named Jabez. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Look what it says. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. I'm going to tell you why he was honorable in just a moment. And his mother named him Jabez. Get ready for this. Saying, because I bore him in pain. We kind of do that, don't we? That child, I love my children, but that boy, he is a pain. Are y'all with me? In, in, In the Hebrew culture, names meant a lot more. They knew what that name meant. It was like a prophetic destiny placed on you. And he knew that. And it may not be a name. It may be something that was spoken over you by a coach or a teacher. Maybe your parents. Y'all with me? And it becomes something that, to restrain you from what God has for you. Would you agree with me? He was confined by his name. Hello? Hello? There wasn't anything of prophetic significance about that name except trouble. And look at verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. In other words, I don't want to be a pain in the, you know what? Are you with me? I don't want to be that. That's my name, but that's not who I am. And God, what does it say? Granted him what he requested. That's why he was more honorable. Man, this guy was behind the eight ball to begin with. His brother, none of his family got named like that. And he, because his mom had a rough time with him, she basically cursed him. But he said, no, I'm not going to accept that. And he asked the Lord to bless him. He asked the Lord to enlarge his influence. He asked the Lord to be with him and to protect him. 
And guess what? The Lord did it. Does that give you hope today? I hope it does. Because in some of these examples, we could probably all relate in, in different seasons of life to some of these many different examples. But we need the Holy Spirit, I want to say this to you, to break the yoke of any false identity you've received. Any, well, we would, we would, here's how we would say it in American vernacular. We would say to break off that label that's been placed on us, right? Right? That label that's been put there. To see that broken off, the Holy Spirit will break that today in the name of Jesus. And if that's you, you can have that broken off. Because let me tell you something. If what is identifying you, now please hear this. If what is identifying you is not found in Christ Jesus, then it's false. Because when you were born again, the Bible says you were created in Christ Jesus. You became the righteousness of God in Him. Can you see how this can handicap a Christian if they don't deal with the false identity? Right? And so when you understand, if it's not found in Christ, that's not who I am. Amen? I'm a new creation, a new species of faith. Jesus took everything jacked up about me and bore it on himself and took it away on the cross. That's why we bless his holy name. Hallelujah. I don't know why I'm yelling at you, but I love you. Does Jeremy ever yell at you? He used to yell some. It's six flags with the youth, but anyway. <laughs> oh, I lied to you. There's one more verse. This is important because I, I want you to activate this in prayer in just a moment. Lamentations is another book that's not very inspiring to read because guess what the prophet's doing? He's lamenting the spiritual condition of Israel. But there's, a, there's some hope restored in verse 3. And I love the way, you know the verse, but again, the verses before tell us where he was. It helps us to understand to give us hope. Look what it says. Pick up with verse 18 of Lamentations 3. And I said, my strength and my hope have perished from the Lord. Remember, get this, my affliction and roaming, the wormwood and the gall. I mean, that's a wonderful thing to remember. My soul still remembers and what? Say it. Sinks within me. How many of you ever had memories that cause your soul to just sink? Because you didn't get rid of them, right? You didn't forget what lies behind. And your soul just stays trapped in that mire. Are you with me? Now look at the next verse. I love it. I love it. This I what? Everybody say it. Recall. What am I doing? I, I, I'm calling something back to my mind. I'm remembering something about the goodness of God and the truth of the word of God and the identity of God that I have in Christ. And I, I'm calling that back. Are you with me? I mean, I'm ready to do a divine recall today. Amen? In the name, and I, I'm recalling this to my mind, and therefore I have hope. And we know the rest. Though the Lord's mercies are not, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Hallelujah. Y'all talk to me. That's good. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Say it. Great is your faithfulness, O God. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. Amen. When you get your mouth and your heart aligned with God's truth, hope comes. And when hope comes, faith comes. 
your expectations rise. Amen? You start to believe, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. If God be for me, who's really against me? Nothing can separate me from the love of God. He always leads me into triumph. Suddenly your hope's rising. I don't like where I'm at, but I know it's going to get better. In Jesus' name. Will you receive that today? Now let me say this. We all know how to restore hope. You restore hope in the word. You restore hope in prayer and worship and with one another. Because sometimes God will strategically use a brother or sister to encourage you. And to build and lift you up to the next place God has for you. But, but try to have the heart that would always gather together with that purpose to see hope restored to other people. And I tell you today, the old you was crucified with Christ. Now smile when I say that. Quit looking for the old you. He or she was crucified with Christ. Amen? Amen? Who lives in you? Talk to me, saints. Who lives in you? Christ lives in you. The anointed one lives within you. Amen? And the life we now live, we live by the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. So you, you have the faith. That's why Jesus said, it's not about whether you've got it. A mustard seed will get it done. Amen? But you've got to have expectations. And you have to believe for some things. And know this, you're never going to tap out God. Boy, like God's going to tap out. You're praying too big, Rick. Stop it. In fact, I think it thrills him for us to believe big. Amen? I heard somebody say one time, if you think you're walking with God and following after God, and if you're doing only what you can do, you're not in faith. Amen? But more than likely, when you get a word and it's something you can't possibly do, now you're in God territory. Now we're in God territory. And that's how he wants us to live. Would you stand up with me this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to say this before we go into this next part and I pray over you. I believe God wants me to do a corporate prayer and a corporate impartation, okay? So I'll just stay engaged for these few minutes. But let me just say this to you. Afterwards today, if any of you wants to talk or pray with me, I'll hang around and we'll have altar time, okay? But for right now, I just want you to receive from God. Are you ready to receive? And just a couple of things the Holy Spirit directed me just this morning, just for you guys. I want to remind you again, the Lord does not break off bruised reeds. Everybody got that? No no matter how battered you feel, he's not going to sweep in here right now and just snap you off and say, well, that's not how God works. And he's not come to extinguish your flame. If anything, he's come to fan it. Amen? To greater fire and what God has for you today. He's a God of justice. He's a God of redemption. He's a God of renewal. And he's a God of glorification. So I want to challenge you today. Recall the promises of God to your heart and to your mind. Will you hear the Holy Spirit today? Because I believe he's asking questions. And I'm not going to say all the questions. But he may say this. Do you wish to get well? Do you wish for a breakthrough in your life, your family, your marriage? Whatever it may be. Your finances. Do you wish for a breakthrough in your ministry and what God's called you to do? I mean, the Holy Spirit. Some of you are already hearing those questions while you were sitting there. Because you realize, I, I quit hoping for that. And now the Lord, in a provocative way, is trying to cause me to think, well, do I really believe? Do I even want that anymore? And can I tell you, I believe you do want it. When I've been the most depressed in my life and oppressed by the enemy and feeling so hopeless, God would always come to me and challenge me, do you really want to be my servant? Do you really want to do what I've called you to do, Rick Bennett? And I, I just hear the Holy Spirit. And, and he's not trying to, you know, make me mad, but he is trying to provoke me. 
What does it say? We assemble together so we can provoke one another to love and to good deeds. Amen? Not forsaking our assembling together, but all the more as the day draws near to join for that purpose. So let God provoke you. (laughs) Amen? It's okay. Let him cause you to get your hopes up and to get your faith back online with God. I want you to, can I give you homework? I want you to read Isaiah 35 tonight. Sometime before you go to bed. In Isaiah 35, there's a promise. And it's actually to the body. Everybody say the body. How many know we're the body of Christ? And the promise to the body is this, is that all the waste places in the wilderness will be made glorious. How many are ready for your waste places to become fruitful again? Anybody with me? And he, he promises to do that. But here, I want you to get this. He says, strengthen the weak hands and the feeble knees. Y'all hear that? How many know he's talking about us? How many know when, when, there, when there's a weakness in the body and something's out of joint where it's not strong, the body kind of hobbles along? See, you and I being healthy, all of us being healthy, causes the body, this expression of the body, to be healthy. Amen? A lot of the body of Christ in the earth is dragging a leg behind them. But can I tell you, and I, I don't say that disrespectfully. What I am saying is, but the prophet used this analogy. Before we ever had an image of the body of Christ, he uses this analogy. He said, strengthen those weak hands and those feeble knees. It literally means in the Hebrew to put them back into joint, back into place. Everybody say placement. Everybody say connectivity. We need to be connected. Amen? And then he says this, say to those who are fearful of heart, be strong and do not fear. So when you come around me, that's what you ought to hear. Be strong. Don't fear. And when you do that, you're strengthening the body of Christ. And hope is being restored. And then it goes on to say, the Lord will come with vengeance and he will save you. Are you ready for God to come with some vengeance into some situations in your life? Hallelujah. And through it all, he will save you. Because he loves you. But he does come with vengeance against our enemy. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And the next words in that prophecy, and you'll read it if you're obedient little students. The next word is then. Everybody say then. So in other words, when, when we get hope restored, when we get in placement, the Lord says then. Are you ready for this? And you've heard this. We sing it and you've heard it declared. The eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf will hear. The lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. Anybody want to see that? Then we got to get healthy. Amen? We got to get our hopes up. Hallelujah. Because when the body of Christ is functioning, we'll see those things again in the name of Jesus. You receive that today? Turn to three people. Don't leave the room. We're going to pray. Turn to three people. That means three different people. And say to them, you ready? Be strong and do not fear. Do it now. Three people. <laughs> Hallelujah. I like that. Everybody's smiling. They said, lunch is on the way. Now, it's getting closer. This guy's got to be almost through. <laughs> Don't patronize me. How many of you sincerely, when somebody said that to you, you, you sense something? You just sense 
That's better than turning around and going, man, you're pathetic. Your life's a mess. I'm glad I'm not you. <laughs> I'd hate to be in your position, man. Woo! Get the fire hose. Just sometimes it's the simplest things. Man, be strong. Take courage. Don't fear. Fear is always going to come, but you can choose what you do with it. Accept it or say no to it because it didn't come from God. Amen? All right. You ready? I want to declare to you today the time of hope deferred is over. Y'all pray with me now. Come on. Get your heart engaged. The time of hope deferred is over. And the time of a desire fulfilled is coming upon you. And it will be a tree of life to this church and to your family and to your marriage. And yea, to to your children it will be as you're restored. I, I speak today to disappointment and frustrations and hopelessness to be gone from the body of Christ. This day, fear be gone. Come, power and love of the Most High. Come upon us, soundness of mind, the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your face toward heaven if you would. Just extend your hands out in front of you as though receiving something right now. Just stay tuned in. Come on, guys. I say unto you right now, even in your confinement, your, your, your hard place, call upon the Lord. Recall the promises and call upon the Lord. And ask Him to show you the greater and mightier things. Give the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord permission to raise the bar in your life above your circumstances, above your trials and your hardship. Count it all joy. And let endurance have a perfect result in you. You will be perfect, complete, and lacking in nothing. I hear the Lord saying to you also, take up your pallet and walk. Quit laying on it. Amen? Make a move. Everybody let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Whatever your palate is, make a move. Arise and shine and he will shine on you. And I remind you today that the Spirit of the Lord is still pouring forth on his church. And all shall prophesy. You just prophesied when you encouraged your brother and sister. All shall prophesy. Our sons and our daughters shall prophesy. We will receive much in the realm of dreams and visions in these days, saith the Lord. For the Lord will accomplish a work in your days, New Life Church. In your days, the young and the old. The Lord will accomplish a work. Don't scoff at it. Don't despise the prophetic words of the Lord and the promises of God. But get your hopes up. Come on, keep that face toward, toward heaven. Because if you don't have hope, you look down and just kind of, but get your posture right now, hopeful right now. Call your body into alignment. Say, I am hopeful. Come on, I am hopeful right now in God. I believe God. Hallelujah. 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 Now just continue to pray. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. 
Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit. Lift your voice. Come flood this place. Your glory, God. Your glory, God. is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord. Sing it again and place one hand over your heart and ask him to flood this place. Again, sing, Holy Spirit, you are well. Invite him into your family, into your marriage. Come on. To impact your children. Come on. Yeah, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence. Let us become, let us become more aware of your prayer. Sounds beautiful. Let us become, let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your good let us become let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become glory of your goodness. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Your presence, Lord. Shout again. Shout again. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Grab your neighbor's hand or make contact with grander. Put your hand on their shoulder. Touch someone right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare hope restored in this house, Lord. We declare in every heart and every life, even in our children right now, Lord God, hope restored in Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name, Lord God. We come against fear. We come against weakness. I come against the memories of failures and disappointments in the past in the name of Jesus. And that the grace of God that the Apostle Paul spoke of would be upon us to forget what lies behind and to longingly look forward to what is ahead. I say unto some of you today, you are going to come to the place in God where you not only believe God, but you know Him in whom you have believed. Hallelujah. I say it again. To know Him in whom you have believed in. To not merely be saved enough to go into eternity one day, but to walk with God today in the earth. Hallelujah. To walk with Him in synchronization with the Holy Spirit. And I pray over this house for a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, Lord, saturate us like never before. Lord, we even pray this morning for those in this house that are battling sickness in their body, that every infirmity and sickness and disease would leave your body now in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray with me. Pray with me right now. Agree right now for that, right now. Every infection, every virus, every tumor and growth, I command you to dry up and fall off and leave in Jesus' name. Every rogue cell of cancer or any other infirm thing or any pestilence, shall not come nigh you. You will not walk in fear in this day, says the Lord. Of viruses and epidemics and pandemics, saith the Lord. But you will walk under the shadow of my wings. And it shall not come nigh you. You will walk in the grace of faith. And you will walk by the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Just pray right now in the spirit and pray for that person beside you. Ask God to just bless them. Ask God, open your mouth and just say, Lord, release your anointing right now. Release your power right now. Come on. We speak to weakness and we say strength come. Hallelujah. We speak to death and we say live. Hallelujah. We call dead things to come alive in the name of Jesus. I speak to bones and joints and marrow in the name of Jesus to be strengthened and refreshed in God. I speak right now even into places of your organs that are not functioning properly. I call for perfect function in the name of Jesus. Pancreases to begin to function purposely for the things that they were created fearfully and wonderfully by God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stay connected. Stay connected. There's a release in the touch. There's a release in the touch right now. Lord, a healing flow through this body right now. Flow through this body. And even loved ones that are not here today, Lord, even that that are at home, but they're a part of this family. Lord God, we release. We say, Lord, send your word and heal them. Even today, in the name of Jesus, by his stripes, you were healed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I say to some of you, you've lost hope about healing because you've had something a long time, and it's become a label on you but I say that label is broken off today by the anointing of God and the Lord is saying I'm raising your hopes again to believe for not only to get better but to be healed to be well in the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah and I agree with Pastor Jeremy and Haley I agree with this house and its leadership that Lord God the the, the weakened parts of this body are being strengthened even now Where, where there's feeble knees and there's weak hands We again say to them to be strong and do not fear. Come on, say it with me. Be strong and do not fear. Be strong and do not fear. The Lord will come. He will save you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For he has not changed. And Lord, we believe that right now. Those that have been completely disjointed from this body. Lord, we call for a time of a coming back in in the name of Jesus. Come on, a coming back in and a forming together again in the name of Jesus. I call for a divine rattling of the dry bones. 
Come on, the dry bones to rattle again and to come together again in the name of Jesus. Some of us people in your own family right now, I declare there's a rattling and there's a sound of an abundance of rain. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord. You're putting together and you're raising up a great and mighty army. And Lord, like you said to your prophet, Lord God, we declare over this house today, Holy Ghost, breathe on us from the four winds. Come on, come on. Holy Ghost, breathe on us from the four winds. Breathe on this house. Breathe on New Life Church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From every direction, Holy Spirit, breathe upon us in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Lift up your hands now, everybody. All hands in the air. Faces toward heaven. Come on now, just begin to worship God. Come on, just begin to worship God. Hallelujah. More, Lord. We want more of the Holy Spirit. We want more. Saturate our lives. Pray a bold prayer. Pray a bold prayer right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The anointing is breaking every yoke. Every yoke. Whoo. Whoo. Every yoke is being broken. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Go ahead, release it. Release something new. Release something fresh out of your spirit. Come on, it's okay. Just go for it. Just go for it. Just sing with the musicians and just lift up your voice right now. Come on. There's rivers getting ready to break forth. You've had a trickle, but the Lord said, I promise rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Jesus. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. this time with this song a, a song of commitment to worship to worship you I live to worship you I live I live to worship you just sing straight to Jesus heart come on everybody sing to worship you I live
Come on, let's give God glory. Let's give him praise this, this afternoon. Come on, let's give God thanks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord, we praise you. We worship you. We thank you. We thank you, God, for speaking to us today. Hallelujah.